Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Have you ever heard the old saying, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed? Most of us would probably agree that sounds about right, and yet research shows that 50% Americans say they have less than three friends they feel like they can call on when needed. Maybe you can relate. So what do we do about that? How do we find meaningful connection, and how does God factor into all of this? The Bible says we're made for connection, but we often don't know where to start to find it. Let's explore that and more together in our current series, Connected, and continue the upward journey. Wish I could just reach out and hug you all this morning. Online family, virtual hug for you guys too. We're so glad to have all of you watching online and everybody in person here today. How much fun have we had today already? Just getting started. We've had so much fun. Today we conclude the series called Connected. And man, we've had so much fun with connection. I have loved these Legos up here too. I haven't mentioned enough. I was gone for several weeks when they built this. And I'll, I got to be honest with you, when I looked online, they sent me a picture of these. My first thought was, how much money did y'all spend <laughs> buying those? It occurred to me that giant Legos and that giant man would be very, very expensive. And I thought, they have broken the budget this week. But uh, when I came back, you know, they may have spent $100 on all that because it's made out of cups and cardboard and styrofoam. And they did an incredible job putting that up. I'm just so glad. How many of you played with Legos growing up? Still do. I like hearing that. Uh, problem I have, if you're with me, that Legos weren't quite as fun when I was a kid as they are now. I mean, we made little square blocks with houses and stuff at best. Today, you can make anything in Legos. And I kind of got disappointed. But I'm going to tell you how to solve that. Just go buy you a set. Last year, my wife bought me a Saturn V rocket in Legos for Christmas. That is one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever had. I spent December 26th and 27th almost the whole day shut in my office. She didn't like that part. But I put that thing together in about two days, and it's in my office here at church now. It is a beautiful thing. And I just love Legos. That's a hint to my wife that I might like more space Legos this year for Christmas. Work that in there. Legos, when connected together, make some beautiful things, especially in our day. But I'm going to tell you something. Legos that are disconnected can be a big problem. In fact, they can be painful. If you get some Legos disconnected from other Legos, they're pretty useless other than to destroy your feet in the middle of the night. How many have ever stepped on a Lego and said, uh, you'll find out whether you know Jesus or not when you step on a Lego? You will find out really fast. I had a brilliant idea. Of we were going to spread out some Legos across the platform here and have Pastor John and Pastor Alex race barefoot over Legos. But uh, we've got HR people here at the church, and they would not allow me to do that. They considered that might be abusive of staff. Not really. We just decided not to do that. Legos connected make beautiful things. Legos disconnected can get you in trouble really fast. And we've learned that connected Christians make some beautiful uh, things, make a beautiful body of Christ. And disconnected, we're off and alone 
and even get self-destructive when we're not connected. And I want to thank you for plugging into connect groups. I had group leaders text me or call me and say, Pastor, people were signing up for our group while you were preaching. They could see on their app people were joining the groups. We've had new group leaders come from everywhere. I've had two people come to me this morning saying, when can I start a group? And I'm so excited about that. God is just doing some good things. People are getting plugged in. Our Mills River group, we talked about doing some work in Mills River. We have five groups in Mills River. We've already had to close two of them to extra enrollment because they were full and couldn't take anybody else. And I was so excited about that. This morning in uh, first service, man, we had more people in here almost than we could seat in here and seen 10 people baptized this weekend. It's incredible. It's incredible. What God is doing is incredible. Uh, today, we've talked about being connected to each other. Today, we're going to look at the privilege we have to be consistently connected to Jesus Christ. We're going to learn the fruit that comes when we simply abide in Christ. And I think it's a powerful word from John 15. Would you stand with me? We're going to read two verses together. These verses come from some of Jesus' last moments with his disciples as he taught them before he went to the cross. Let's read it together. John 15, 4 and 5. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You may be seated. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the application of his word today. I want you to hear this first of all. God created you and I to produce fruit. God likes production. God likes things to happen. God likes for His church to grow. Some people say, I don't like big churches. Well, God does. He said, go out on the highways and compel them to come in that my house may be full. And I'm telling you, this place was full this morning and is again today, and I'm so glad to see it. God wants us to produce fruit. God loves seeing these people over here getting baptized. Oh, we had so much fun. Did you see Barney and Sue getting baptized? Wasn't that the most precious thing you've ever seen? All the way from six years old to 70 years old today. I've been joking with Barney. Sometimes I joke with couples, and I, I talked to Barney and Sue a couple weeks ago, found out Barney was getting baptized, and I said, Sue, how long should I hold him down? And the joke is, until the bubbles stop. Barney reached over to his oxygen tube and said, Pastor, they won't stop. <laughs> so I have to confess, I told him before, and I'm probably labeling him with this today, but ever since then, I've been calling him Barney Bubbles. <laughs> Sorry, Barney. I've just. But Greg told me before I came out, when they went back down the aisle, everybody was high-fiving them. Yeah. Folks, that's why we do all this. Yeah. Why we do all this is just seeing lives changed. Had a, had a man get baptized, had several get baptized Thursday night. And uh, the last man that came up, I, I just stood there and watched the look on his face and saw it repeated over and over. And when, they, when he came up out of that water and I saw the look, I said, that's why we do what we do, is to see people come to know Jesus and see their lives be changed by Jesus. That's the whole point and purpose of it all. 
And I want you to know, God designed you and I for fruitfulness. He designed us to produce something in our lives. We're not just here to sit around and watch television and kind of make it through our days and then die at the end. He didn't save us to be nice, quiet Christians who come to Upward on Sunday. I want you to hear me. What you're doing here now, being here on a Sunday, is an important part of your Christian life, but it's only the beginning of your Christian life. What really matters is what happens when you get out of here in this community. For our goal at Upward is not to build a big church. Our goal is to transform our community. Our goal is for Henderson County and our surrounding area to be different because Jesus has impacted us and we in turn go out and impact our community with the life we found in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And God expects us to be fruitful. Now, I had a friend one time. Uh, I led him to Jesus Christ. We were high school friends. And some years after I went to college and I found Christ, I came back and uh, I led him to Jesus Christ, and we had a wonderful time of seeing him get saved. A couple days after, he called me. He said, I've been reading the Bible, and I'm reading in John where I'm supposed to produce fruit. And he'd never really read the Bible before. He said, what does that mean? I mean, am I supposed to have apples sprouting out of my fingertips or what? I told him, I said, no, bud. I said, what that means is the fruit of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be being produced in your life. Paul tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is in the book of Galatians. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Jesus wants to produce in our lives. Simply put, God wants to make you more like Jesus every day. As we walk with Jesus and as we're in relationship with Jesus, we should be becoming more like Him. We should be more loving as we walk with Jesus. We should be more peaceful as we walk forward with Jesus. We should be more kind. I'm going to tell you one of the things this world needs to see like never before. The world needs to see some kindness. We need to see some genuine kindness. We've got so many people in the world today that we disagree with each other, we immediately start getting ugly with people. I mean, even people who claim to follow Jesus Christ have an ugliness about them in, their, in the world today. I mean, it's like if someone disagrees with them politically, even as a Christian, somehow they feel the right to be unkind. That's not why Jesus put us down here. And if you're into that, I'm calling you away from that today and saying Jesus wants you to be more. Amen. Kindness. If you walk with Jesus, you will become more kind. Patient. Oh boy, I need help with this one. Really don't even want to bring it up, but uh, I should be more patient this year than I was last year. Many when I'm driving down 26... I should be better with it this year than I was last year. And apparently, I'm going to get the chance to be better with it next year. But I'm sorry, I'm not being like Jesus right now. We should simply be becoming more like Jesus as we walk with Jesus. That's the fruit. I just got to be honest, that bar is pretty high. I can look around and see some of you that I want to be like, and there are people in this church who are older than me and have done more and gone further than I have that I look at them and say, man, I want to be more like them. 
That's one thing. But when you say, be like Jesus, the bar is set pretty high. He wants us to act like He acted. He wants us to talk like He talked. He wants us to do miracles like He did miracles. Can I get an amen on that one? I mean, if you check the Bible, Jesus said, greater works than I do will you do. Say, well, I'm not seeing that in the church. Well, you haven't seen the end yet. Next week we start a series. We're going to talk about that very thing. It's called Thy Kingdom Come. And we're going to learn that it's our responsibility to do the works of Jesus. Not just a privilege. It's our responsibility to walk closely to Him so that He might manifest Himself through us in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're called to be like Jesus on this earth. That's a high bar. How would we do this? Now, we could try. We could work harder. One of our founding fathers, a great man in many ways, a flawed man, but a great man, his name was Benjamin Franklin, incredible man. He listed the virtues that he wanted to be seen in his life. He would write them down, kindness, temperance, patience, and he actually had a log of them, of how many virtues. He was such an organized man. He, he wrote them down in a book, and he would work on two or three of them at a time until he'd mastered them, and then he'd move on to something else. And he would actually grade himself through the day on those virtues. He would say, I'm going to be more kind today. And he'd grade himself at 9 o'clock, at noon, at 3 o'clock, and at 6 o'clock. You ever tried that? Doesn't work. I tried it once. I read through the, the Gospels of Jesus, and I wrote down every uh, attribute of Jesus that I could see. And I said, I'm going to work on them one at a time. That didn't go over well. Because everywhere I go, I take me with me. I'll try to be more like Jesus. I'll strive to be more loving. Have you ever done that? I'm just going to be more loving. Mm. Here's what I've learned. I can't produce things within my own heart. I can't produce the will to do the right thing, and I can't produce the power to do the right thing. I can try hard. What are we going to do with this? We see Jesus. We read about Him. We know who He is. We know we're called to bear fruit to be like Him, but we struggle to do that. Here's the answer in John 15. In the verses we just read, Jesus says, Abide in me. That's the answer. That's the answer. There are not even three steps to this. There are not five secrets to becoming more like Jesus. There's one word from Jesus. Abide in me. You abide in me and I abide in you. You're going to bear powerful fruit. It can't happen unless you abide in Him. It's not about getting more willpower. It's about staying with Him. It's about staying in a relationship with Him. It's about staying connected to Him in your daily life. It's about more than just coming to church. And don't misunderstand me. I'm so glad you came to church. But are you letting Jesus be real in your life on Monday? Are you letting Jesus bear fruit in your life, in your workplace? The key is, abide in me. Now, the word abide simply means this. 
It's not a hard word to understand. It simply means to remain. Just stay. The same Greek word for abide that was translated abide in John 15 was translated in another place where it said Jesus stayed there the night. It just means to stay. Jesus said, stay in me and I'm going to stay in you and that is the source of all life that you'll ever find, that you'll ever need. Me. Me. Now, I've always been the kind of person who wants to get some work done. I live my life by checklists. Anybody here? I've got an app on my phone that every day I'm checking stuff off. Read the Bible. Check every morning. Take your vitamins. That's on my list. I took my vitamins. Check. Because if I don't, I won't remember. I'm into production. I want to get done at the end of the day and feel like I've done something. Do you ever feel like during the day you've worked hard and done things, but you didn't accomplish anything? Oh, that's the worst feeling. I hate that. I want to have a list of things that I got done that day. I love checking stuff off the list. So I'm into productivity. So when I relate to Jesus, I always tend to think about what I can do for him. As if he needs me. I mean, he created the whole world. But somehow in my mind, he needs me to help keep it spinning. Jesus needs me to do And people need me. And I need to be out there working. I need to accomplish something. I need to do something. I need to have something concrete at the end of every day that I can say, yep, I did that. I'm into performance. You can even make a godly thing out of that or supposedly godly thing out of that. God's happy with me because of all the work I've done. I began to study discipleship some years ago and learn about making disciples because I was trying to come up with a system to make disciples because that's how my brain works. And I came across a verse that has stuck with me ever since. It's in Mark chapter 3 and verse 14, and I want you to see it. It said, He appointed twelve whom He also named apostles. These are the original twelve disciples that He appointed. And He gave two reasons for these guys, and I want you to see both reasons. You ready? So that they might be with Him. That's reason number one. Before he ever talks about what he wants them to do, he called them so they could be with him. That's the first priority Jesus has for you, is to be with you. Then, and he might send them out to preach. Here's what I wrote down in my journal, and I've tried to live by this. The with comes before the work. Jesus is more concerned with being with you than he is you working for him. You think about that. That just blows me away. Jesus actually wants to hang out with me. You didn't seem excited about that. Some of you only get excited if I speak in King James English. So here we go. The master lord of the universe desirest to inhabitest your abode with you and dwelleth with you for eternity. All right. Wow, there you go. You got I, Woo! King James, woo! <laughs> then I say Jesus wants to hang out with you and you're like, oh, okay. 
That's what it means to abide, to just stay with you. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. And I have lived a bunch of my life thinking Jesus just wanted me to work for him. Instead, no. He actually wants me to be with him. Not because I feel something he's lacking, but because he loves me that much that he wants to spend time with me. That's what it means. To abide with Jesus is mean spend time with him. And as you spend time with him, you will become more like him. You will. But you got to keep the with in front of the work. One of the reasons I love coming to this church is I like being with y'all. My favorite part of ministry is not preaching. My favorite part of ministry is hanging out with y'all before and after. That's what I was made to do. I love being out in the parking lot. I'm jealous of some people's jobs around here. Parking lot guys, I would be a great parking lot guy. Man, I'd be a great greeter. I'd love to do it. Connections, Pastor Luke has so much fun doing that. Now, keep me out of the nursery. I just like being with y'all. When I'm not with y'all, I miss y'all. I was almost late this morning, uh, first service. I barely got up here and got my mic on before it was time for me to come out because I'm having too much fun. I can't tell you how many Sundays they have to come to me and say, this is the last song, get up there. I like being with y'all. That's what Jesus wants with us. It's not about, hey, go do this. Hey, go produce something. All that comes and all that's good and all that brings glory to God and He loves that. But if you put the work before the with, the work really won't count for a whole lot. There'll be a lot of noise, but it won't last. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I used to struggle with that verse because there's a lot of people that have done a lot without Jesus. But I really believe what Jesus is saying is you can do nothing of eternal value and significance without me. Without abiding in me. The work cannot happen without the with. It just can't happen. Our job is to be with him. Now I have a branch from an apple tree. This is a very Henderson County illustration here. This is a branch from an apple tree. One of the things... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When the branch gets disconnected from the vine, fruit falls off. Y'all just saw a miracle right here. And if another one falls, you're really going to think... This branch here, one of the things I love about this is nobody on earth can make this. You can't 3D print this. I mean, you could, but it's not the real thing. All the technology. This is more amazing than your iPhone. We have a local farmer who gave us this. By the way, do you love the farmers? Let me just... Uh, let me just rephrase that. Do you like to eat? Yeah. Praise God for the farmer. My local farmers brought me this. Um, this thing got cut uh, Thursday. 
See the leaves already? Fruit's falling off. I didn't pick that. That's not the only one. There are about six of them back there. This thing was full of fruit when we got it Thursday. It's only been a few days without being connected to the vine, and it's dying. How many would be willing to bet me? Well, I probably shouldn't do that right here in church. If you don't like upward, here's all you got to say. The preacher's gambling from the pulpit. Go tell everybody that, and uh, that's fine. Uh, no, I'm not really betting you, but uh, if I were a betting man, I'd, I'd be willing to bet somebody that uh, next year this time there won't be any, any apples on this branch. There'll be no fruit. This thing will be probably burnt, but it'll be dried up and blowing away by next year. Why? It doesn't have the width. This fruit right here doesn't come except this part right here where it got cut. That separated it from the vine. And it's no longer abiding in the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And this is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. This is Christ-likeness hanging here. And the only way you get this is for this to stay connected to the vine. I'm going to tell you something else. You can go out in an apple orchard. Oh, we got some beautiful places. I was out in apple country last night. I thought, Lord, I need to move out in the middle of an apple orchard. So much more beautiful than a city. That's just me. But you could go in an apple orchard. There are plenty. If you're in Henderson County, you could do this this afternoon. If you're watching around the world, go to a garden, a flower, whatever you need to. Tell you what you won't hear. You won't hear the branches straining to produce apples. Apple! Sometimes as Christians, we try to produce love. You can't produce it. You just got to stay connected. How you become like Jesus is to spend time with Jesus. Some of you struggling with bad fruit. You need to come to Jesus and stay with Jesus. It's as simple as that. You try harder, it doesn't work. You abide in Him. It works. Amen? Amen. Now, if you're, not, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, the good news is He wants to have a relationship with you. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. He knocks. And all you have to do is open the door and say, Jesus, come in. Say, what about good works, preacher? Open the door. Good works will come. Right? Open the door. And let him in. And the good works will follow. Say yes to him. If you're in this place today and you've not said yes to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you today just to open the door and say, Jesus, come in. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And he will. And you'll have a relationship with him. If you already know him, what I'm inviting you to do today is to let your relationship with Him get bigger in your life. Amen? Because, I want you to remember this statement, the best fruit in your life is not the result of your efforts. It's a result of your connection. It's not you trying to be a Christian. It's about you simply staying in Jesus Christ. I'm amazed that he wants to know me. You ever got an autograph for somebody famous? 
Anybody have an autograph from somebody really famous? Did you get them, if you met them, to write your name on it? Like two, two Mark from Elvis Presley? You're not old enough for that, but... Uh, funny thing that when you get it inscribed if you try to sell it it's worth less with your name on it you learned something today I guess the best autograph I have is uh, Barney Fife I met Don Knotts and got him to sign an old TV guide that's one of my favorite people I love to think about that for just one moment it was me and him me and Barn. If you don't know who that is, you really need to come to Jesus Christ. And know him. Just kidding. Me and Barn hanging out. Here's what I think about more. This is real. The creator of the universe knows me and knows you and wants to spend time with you and with me. That's amazing to me. And he says this, that all the good fruit, all the things that he wants to do in your life and in my life come out of us spending time with him. Amen? Two words I want to give you. Number one, acknowledgement. Number two, awareness. Acknowledgement and awareness is how you abide. We have two avenues at least where Jesus wants to speak to us. Number one's his word. This book, number two, is the presence of His Spirit. Through His Word and through His Spirit, you abide in Him and He abides in you. First word I want you to hear about is acknowledgement. I want us to acknowledge the presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God every day, early in the day. Now, I don't know what early is for you. Early may be 5.30 for me. Early may be noon for you. But whatever your day looks like, early in your day, I want you to acknowledge the Word and the Spirit. We believe in the power of the Word. This Word will change your life. We also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's something a little different about Upward from some of you some of what you've been in, we believe the Holy Spirit's still alive and well and moving in all of His gifts and all of His power today. Amen. Amen. And most of our churches in our community believe that as well. A lot of them do. Those that don't, we still love them. We're still on the same mission. I'm not trying to be in competition with anybody. But we believe in the very presence of the Holy Spirit in your life today and the power of the Word for your everyday life. First thing you've got to do, acknowledge. I woke up the other morning, been about a week ago, and my computer was laying on my nightstand, and I just thought I'd grab my computer while I was still in bed and answer a few emails. Any of you ever do that? Anybody ever do that? I felt like a weirdo all day. People like, no, I never do that. Well, my computer's there, so I just started answering emails. And I just kept going. You know, when you get on the computer, you'll find something else and something else and something else. And I just kept working. And I was doing all good things, but I was working. And my wife had gotten up, and she was getting ready, and she was trying to get together to go to work. And I'd gone about 30 minutes when she walked up to me and gave me a look. She said, why aren't you speaking to me today? Pastor, 
had the same reaction in all three services. The guys are like, yeah, and the women are like. <laughs> are you mad? Did I do something? I'm like, babe, I'm just here working. I'm bringing home the bacon. That never works, never works. Don't even try it. She said, I've been up 30 minutes. and You haven't said a word to me. You know what I've learned? What I learned that day? You know, I've only been married like 28 years, but uh, she wants to be acknowledged. Early. I wonder, honestly, how many of us do that to the Lord? A man came to me in the church, precious man named Brownie. I love Brownie. If you know him, you love him too. Brownie came to me and he said, God put something on my heart. It's been about six months ago. Brownie said, every day I get up and I just say, good morning, Jesus. And he told me, he said, Pastor, that has really changed my life. I just wonder what would happen in your life and mine, and I want to challenge you to try this and see what happens. If we get up in the morning and just say, Good morning, Jesus. Today belongs to you. You know, the Bible says, If in all your ways you acknowledge Him, He will direct your paths. So I just got a feeling, and it's from the Word. I know that it's true. If we get up in the morning and acknowledge Him, He will direct that day in a way that He would not if we didn't acknowledge Him. Jesus, good morning. Today belongs to you. Amen? Amen. And then during the day, be aware. Be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because everywhere you go, God's doing something. Did you realize when you go into McDonald's, God's doing something in McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, you know when he go into Chick-fil-A, God's doing something in there. <laughs> you get in there with Jesus chicken and waffle fries, and man, God's doing something in that. No, I'm kidding. I had a guy on the front row first service said, Come on, preacher, they're closed today. It's Sunday. I'm be talking about waffle fries. Seriously, wherever you go, God's doing something. And if you're there, He wants you to be a part of what He's doing. Stop. This is how you abide. You acknowledge the Lord. You acknowledge His Word in the morning. And then you make yourself aware of it. Stop and take a deep breath. Especially if it's difficult. And I'm learning this is one of the most powerful habits you can develop. Stop and just say, God, what are you doing right now? If you're like me, and I bet some of you are, I tend to focus on what the enemy is doing more than I am what God is doing. A storm will come my way or a trial will hit my day, and I'll be like, oh, the devil's doing something. And I just forget that there's somebody more powerful than the devil who's doing even more in my life. And if I'll get in touch with what he's doing, I will actually be on the team of overcoming what the enemy is doing. Acknowledge and aware. I'm going to close, but do you ever, um, 
Do you ever get bad news in your life and you feel a little bit of despair? Anybody other than me, maybe you turn on the news, which you probably shouldn't do quite as much. Maybe not at all. Anybody ever heard something on the news and just had a sense of panic come over your heart? Anybody? It's okay to admit this. It's like somebody's... The best way to get views on a video is to be an alarmist. The sky's falling. You ever hear one of these things think, is there going to be food next week? Is, are we going to... Are prices going to go up so high I can't afford something? Or is... Uh, are we going to get invaded? Are we going to be at war? Or what's going to happen? You ever, you ever hear news and you just get a little sense of panic? You know what you do in that moment? You stop. I'm going to tell you how to defeat panic. Get this word in your heart. I'll tell you something that helps me, and this may seem silly to you, but it means something to me. I like, I love this Bible. Michael over here gave me this Bible. I love this Bible. Um, when I get stirred up in my heart and I feel a sense of panic or something in here, I just take this book and I hold it here. Because this takes priority over that. I'm going to let this rule over that. This right here is going to dominate that. I want to be aware of this more than I'm aware of this. Yeah, Debbie, and this. Maybe I need to put it on my head more. That's a good word. When, I'm, when I have anxiety hit me, I can come to this word and say, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Boy, I feel better already. You know why? This reigning over this. I want to acknowledge Him. And I want to be aware of Him. A friend shared a dream with me the other day, and I wanted to share it with you. She dreamt of, uh, she said, Pastor, I had this dream, and you were a child in the dream. And I was like, wow. She said, call me, and I'll tell you what God spoke to me. And I called her back. I wanted to hear. If someone gives me a word that I receive, I write it down. And I had her call me back and tell me the whole dream so I could write it down and save it because I want to read it a year from now. She said, you were a kid and you were sitting in a wheelbarrow and somebody was pushing you in a wheelbarrow. And there was fruit all over the wheelbarrow with you. You were just like in a pile of fruit. And she said, there was a voice that called you and said, Andy, come here. And you didn't listen. Then the voice said, Anthony. That's my real name's Anthony, but you call me Andy, which is great. She didn't even know that the week before my mom had gone to heaven. But that's exactly what my mother did, and probably yours too. She'd say, Andy, and if I didn't come, Anthony, if I didn't come, Anthony Michael Craver. Then I just better just run away and hide at that point. She didn't even realize she was speaking something even about my mom. But she said, here's why God spoke to me. She said, and this is not just for me, it's for the church. That's why I'm sharing it with you. She said, this next season of your life, there's going to be overflowing fruit. If you think up to now has been the most fruitful time of your life and in the church, the season ahead is going to be overflowing with fruit. 
We've seen it in the seats this morning. We saw it in the lobby this morning. You saw it when you were trying to get in the driveway this morning. We've seen it in the baptismal tank this morning. We're going to see fruit outside of this property in Henderson County over the next few years. It's going to be a fruitful time. I want you to remember this always. The width is more important than the work because all the work comes out of the width. Make sure and prioritize the width. Be with Him. And let Him be with you. And everything else will work out. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you and thank you today for your word, for your truth, for your life. And I ask you today in Jesus' mighty name to be all that you want to be to every person in this building today and everyone watching online, that we may prioritize the width in Jesus' name. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, please, all across the place. We're not going to embarrass anybody. You're here today, and God's knocking on the door of your heart. You may be online. God's knocking on the door of your heart. I just want to invite you to say yes to Him. You're not making a commitment to join this church. It's not what this is about. You're saying yes to Jesus. We'd love to have you at this church. More importantly is that you're in the family of God through Jesus. Wonder across this building. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but how many would just lift up a hand and say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning. Can I see your hand really quickly? Can I see it really fast? Thank you so much. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you over here. See your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you all. Thank you. Anybody else this morning saying yes to Jesus today? Can anybody say this? I'm a Christian. I know Jesus. But I'm saying yes to more of His presence in my life and more of the Word in my life. Can I see your hand this morning? I see a bunch in the building saying yes to more of His presence and His Word in my life. Oh, He wants to do that. Let's pray right now. If you're saying yes to Christ in the building or online this morning, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with us today. And the church is going to help us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for giving your life for me. I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I turn away from my sin, from my past. And I turn to you, Jesus. Live in me. Live through me. Dwell with me. In Jesus' name, amen. What a great day we've had together. Thank you for being a part of this beautiful day. I've had so much fun today. Oh, man, shouldn't be allowed to have this much fun, should we? Oh, heaven's going to be like this. Be rejoicing in Jesus and change lives. Heaven's going to be like this. Love it so much. Won't you remember next week we start a great sermon series, Thy Kingdom Come. Want you to be a part of that. It's really going to be something that does a great work in our church and in our community, I believe. So look forward to starting that next week. Let me bless you. Jesus said, I've called you. I've chosen you. I've set you apart. I've ordained you that you bear much, much fruit. And I just speak the blessing of much fruit, the challenges of much fruit, the struggles even that come with much fruit. I bless you with fruitfulness in your lives as you simply rest and abide in Him. Fruit's coming in Jesus' name. I bless you with that today. I commission you now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go into your community. Make Jesus known. Love you so much. Hey. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.